Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. advice from old pro turkey hunters like this the turkeys typically don't like i think more times than not to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning especially after he gets up it's a blinding thing it, it it's just like you it's hard for you to see into the sun mm-hmm. so if i have a choice i'm going to try to make it so that i'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 453, a little early fall turkey soup, and I am your co-host and the guy who's about to learn how to speak Costa Rican. Oh, man. You got to go sail fishing if you're going to Costa Rica. Yes, sir. That is awesome. When are you going? Oh, we leave Sunday. Heck, yeah. That is awesome. I had no idea you were going. Yeah. Be my are first time there. Fishing? I am like, uh, well, I was supposed to have booked a trip, I don't know, two months ago and I was kind of waiting on the other people in the group to say yes and they said yes and I got busy and I haven't booked anything yet but we're we're gonna make it happen sweet I would highly recommend it we had a blast when we did that yeah it was was really fun yeah sail fishing is unbelievably fun yeah and we all caught one I think there's five of us I believe and we all five caught one yeah Pretty good, in my mind. I think we actually, somebody actually caught two, but I got to catch one, and 
It was pretty fun. It's a big old fish on the end of the line. Yeah. A lot of power. Yeah. A lot of power. That's awesome. Well, I'm the guy. Well, I guess I'm also your co-host and the guy who's going to start scouting this weekend. How many more days are left before season starts? Eight. Wow. Next Saturday. Man. Next. It's here. Yes, it is. And I have not scouted at all. So I got to hit the ground running this weekend during this cold front. Hopefully get these turkeys up and moving. Got to find me a gobbler flock to work on and figure out, or at least some gobbler sign to start deciphering. So I'm excited, ready to get in the woods. I planted a bunch of food plots today for turkeys. Did the Craig Harper mix, is what I'll call it, that I heard and have seen him preach in podcasts and through articles of a food plot mix for deer in the winter and really good for brooding and nesting for turkeys in spring Mm -hmm. he suggests 40 pounds per acre of beardless or onless wheat and then 15 pounds per acre of crimson clover and so that's what i did exactly to a t today went and put that out on all of our food plots (laughs) so we'll see if all right yeah so that was a fun day. It was nice getting out and ride the tractor around. Saw a couple of turkeys in the rain today running around on different fields, but did not see any. Actually, I did. I do think I saw two gobblers in somebody's field. They were duking it out in the rain. Really? Oh, yeah. I was driving by with a trailer and a tractor behind me, so I couldn't really get a good look. But all I saw were two turkeys jumping in the air and throwing spurs. Hmm. So I don't know if they just ran into each other and didn't like each other. Rain had them all hacked off or what? Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> that time of year, they got to sort things out from now till spring. Every day is that time of the year. That's uh, it's like Roger said in our in our series. You put two roosters in there, doesn't matter how many hens there are, they're gonna duke it out. Yeah. And that is very true. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, good Here deal. Come. Yeah. Well. We got turkey soup today, so why is it called turkey soup? Is it like an alphabet soup or soup because you can just put any a little bit of everything in there? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, so. mulligan stew sounds a little, I don't know. It's, <laughs> Welcome it's not to Brunswick boring. stew with Cameron. <laughs> yeah, so we just went with turkey soup because it's got a little bit of, a little bit of lots of stuff turkey related in it. Yeah, speaking of turkey soup, I need to make some. I have a really good turkey soup recipe, and usually use my leftovers from Thanksgiving to make it, but might have to make it early this year with this cool weather moving in. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, anyway. I've got a good recipe for it, too. What is that? And I'm going to start it with the first ingredient. All right. So if you haven't been with us before, this type episode, we're just going to go... Random articles about turkeys around the country, wild turkeys, hunting news, turkey news. It's just going to be a random hodgepodge. So, Andy, why don't you kick us off? First ingredient. All right. First ingredient. The Misery Department of Conservation is requesting misery turkey hunters to share their feathers from harvested turkeys for this upcoming fall season. Nice. They- they say that that's going to help improve research models used to monitor turkey population trends and to estimate turkey numbers across the state. So they're asking all hunters who are, who successfully harvest wild turkeys 
during the archery and fall firearm seasons to send those turkey feathers into them. And there's a feather submission form. How formal is that? Nice. Feather submission form that can be found on the MDC website to check a turkey. And then you'll be provided a postage page and then you'll be provided a postage paid envelope for each telecheck turkey and instructions to submit the feathers. So they're asking that the feathers that should be submitted be the ninth and tenth primary wing feathers and three to five breast feathers. Hmm. So I guess they're looking to see how many people are whacking turkeys in the fall and what the makeup of the harvest is, which, you know, it's a, a good thing to, to know. Yeah, so. I feel like that's great. I hope people participate. I would encourage anyone to participate. I feel like there could be easier methods, though, such as just a post-fall season survey huh. or, you know, maybe put like a drop box on WMAs or, or I guess they call them conservation areas where you could just toss a couple feathers in there when you get done. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Well, you know, the whole survey thing is, I guess, just too easy and too inexpensive. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like that's a lot of to ask people to. I don't know how many returns you're actually going to get on that of somebody mailing you a envelope with some feathers in it. So, you know, a good bit about wild turkeys. Yeah. Can you just walk up to a harvested wild turkey and say okay this is the ninth and tenth primary wing feather (laughs) Uh, i'm sure i could figure it out with a little googling and time studying but i easily could tell you if it is a mature gobbler a young gobbler a hen or a small hen to be a pup yeah i I would think so i'm just spitballing my idea here is that you could gather very similar information unless you are concerned that your hunters don't know what hens gobblers jakes are which if that's the case then there probably shouldn't be turkey hunting (laughs) yes i was about to say maybe they should have to take a wild turkey identification course much like hunters in kansas have to do with cranes Tennesseans have to do it with the cranes. I had to yeah. Do it. Alabamians have to do it with cranes. Yeah, make sure you're not going to shoot a whooping crane. Uh huh. So I totally agree with that. Take a little thing. Is this an adult gobbler? Is this a hen? You know, whatever. I think. We'll the, keep going. Then at the end of the year, your survey form has four options. You know, did you harvest a turkey? Yes. Did you harvest two turkeys? Yes. Mark which ones they were. Return. Bam. I think that our idea is probably going to tick off some biologists in Missouri, or excuse me, in misery, because what else are they going to do during the winter? <laughs> Keep up with whitetails? Mm. Well, That's hey, I tell fun. you what, I tell you what, if we're going to harp on Missouri, why don't we just jump right into it then? All right, do <laughs> Cause, it. Because my first article is, <laughs> is also on Missouri. <laughs> and I got an email and I did this survey and we kind of discussed this before the show. We we're a little bit confused. We may try to you know, get hold of somebody in Missouri for some 
some questions about what this means and why they're thinking this way, but Missouri has turkey regulation changes, and they're seeking input from hunters. So this article, it's on their website, on mdc.mo.gov, and it says, The Missouri Department of Conservation is seeking input from turkey hunters and others on possible changes to spring and fall wild turkey hunting seasons, including all-day spring hunting and reduced harvest limits for fall seasons. And here's the quote from the head turkey biologist. Turkey populations across the country and in Missouri have declined, predictably after a post-restoration boom. Turkey hunting participation over time has also declined. I would like to see the data on that. Agree on the turkeys declining. Not so sure about the hunter decline. Anyway, they say turkey populations in the country and in Missouri are declining, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We then move to... Quote, this means that a small increase in the total number of males harvested each spring would be sustainable. Extending shooting hours during the spring season may expand the opportunity for individuals to take up turkey hunting and offer more time for others to return to the field while maintaining healthy turkey populations. So we're going to kill more. We want more opportunity and more kills is what I read there. That's just what I heard. And then... So it's fine in the spring, but in the fall, there's stakeholder concern <laughs> over the fall harvest. <laughs> so, I'm just confused. So what I did is I actually went in here and pulled up the options. So they basically in this survey for fall hunting give you four options where option one's where it is now, October 1 to 31, normal shooting hours, two bird limit. Option two, one bird limit, either sex. The two bird limits, either sex right now. Option three, bag limit of one, either sex, shortened season. Option four, total, you can only kill two between fall firearms and archery. So not really changing much there. But the big thing they're looking to change is, looks like opening day is going to be the same, third Monday of April. And then they're basically looking at either going, you know, right now the first half of the season, I think, goes, or no, you go hunt to one in Missouri. So now they're looking at letting you hunt all day for part of the season, open at one for part of the season, letting you kill both birds whenever, letting you kill. I mean, this just sounds so convoluted. Like, here's option two. Shooting hours are from one half hour before sunrise to 1 p.m. for the first week. During the second and third week, shooting hours are one half hour before sunrise to one half hour after sunset. You can kill two birds, one during the first week and one per day after the first week. Anyway, they want you to kill some more turkeys as long as it's not in the fall. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, that <laughs> that's a that's a train wreck. I, I read the options there. I mean, and I'm I'm one who like, and I get it. They're if you read them enough, like they're easy to understand. But my gosh, a little bit convoluted. Don't quite understand the principle behind. Let's kill more during the all important mating season, but you know we should reduce our harvest when they're not mating. Correct. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying. And and not just kill more when they're mating. But let's create more opportunities for more to be killed when they're mating. Yeah. And more disturbances out there. Keep more people in the woods longer to disturb hens while they're on the nests by having all day hunting. 
I just am really impressed with the lead end of the article being we notice that populations <laughs> are down here and across the whole country. So we let's, think we should let's kill some more opportunity and harvest. Yeah. Missouri smokes turkeys. Like they what did they they had a huge harvest this year, didn't they? I think it was a very good harvest, if I'm not mistaken. It was Which a lot of states did. You yeah. Know, not, singling them out a lot of states had really you know good harvest this year let's see i'm sure i can pull that up but i just don't see the yeah can you, 40 41,970 birds 42,000 turkeys in the spring but yet we need to offer more opportunities to hunters can you look yeah. up the history of the tag sales i have that actually somewhere and I don't have it on me right now, but okay, it's all right. I I can get back to you on that. I'm I'm just I don't know. I'm like you. But like you look at 2021, they killed 31,000 birds. So two years later, they killed an extra 10,000. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I read the same article that you read, and the second paragraph into the article, I'm like, what? This makes no <laughs> sense. Oh, our, yeah. our population is down. We need to give our op- our hunters more opportunities. I don't uh, all day hunting. So, hey, you guys in Missouri, you have an opportunity for your voice to be heard. Yeah, that's so. it. So go to their website. I read it off earlier, mdc.mo.gov, and you can take the survey yourself on the website. So I would recommend doing that. If I was a Missourian, I took it because – Hey, I might hunt Missouri again one day. It doesn't say it has to be a Missouri resident. So yeah, I would hop in there and take that if I was you. Yeah. Well, let's just be bop right on over to Ohio. Ohio. What I found interesting in this article about Ohio, I'm going to read this one sentence verbatim. But there's, Before I do that, there's a study underway to research Ohio's wild turkeys. Nice. And you Buckeye fans, do not get mad at me. I am reading this sentence verbatim. The Ohio Department of Natural Resources Division of Wildlife and Ohio State University are partnering to conduct a multi-year study on the survival and nest success of female wild turkeys. I'm going to read that again. The Ohio (laughs) Department of Natural Resources Division of Wildlife and Ohio State University. I'm going to stop right there. I've never known them as Ohio State University. I've always known them as the Ohio State (laughs) University, but that is clearly left out of this first sentence. So, all right, let's move on. Let's get into turkey talk little little how are they studying this sec jab at the ohio state buckeyes so of course ohio's having a little bit of a decline in the population they've got concerns just like all other states have concerns they say and this is not surprising this is not earth shattering this is not new news to us adult hen survival nest success rates and poult survival play a role in population levels. And they go on to say that the research collaboration 
aims to understand wild turkey hen survival and nesting activity. So they've put 49 GPS transmitters on hen turkeys in Southeast Ohio in February and March of this year. And they're gonna be studying the movement and survival and nesting activity of those turkeys, gathering the survival and nest timing data and using that to make some science-based turkey hunting regulations. Nice. Yeah, so they said Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania are performing similar studies in collaboration with the Division of Wildlife in Ohio, and that they've noticed that winter flocks typically split up in late March and early April, and that the hens will travel up to five miles Wow. from the capture location to established to established nest sites and that wow, that's that's pretty good ways yeah it is hen mortalities and failed nest were investigated as quickly as possible to, to determine the cause most predation events occurred while hens were incubating eggs which makes perfectly good sense and they were watching poults from successful nest and counting those at two and four weeks of age, which will be pretty interesting to see, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of drop-off happened in that period of time from hatch to two weeks to four weeks. That'll be pretty interesting. I'd like to see that. And they're going to expand the study wow. in 2024 and tag and monitor an additional 100 hens. So, you know, this will be one of those studies that's ongoing, and there's a lot of them going on around the country. That is a good thing, that it will provide us more information that hopefully these states will share and use to make some good science-based regulations. So Nice. Let's see. Well, I'll move us over into Virginia for some not-so-good news. Oh, Dude. man. Don't tell me that. Sorry, but... Great state of Virginia has released their 2023 wild turkey summer brood survey results. And the boom we saw this year may not last too long is what I'm seeing in here. So 2023, it basically what they do is the survey counts the number of turkeys observed by staff and cooperators as they go about their normal day-to-day business and is expressed as the number of turkeys observed per 1,000 miles driven and the number of poults observed per hen. So I don't know if it says how long they've been doing this, but it's it's been many... Oh, 2007 is the inception year. A long time. The mm-hmm. Same people doing the same thing for a lot of years. So probably a pretty good indicator. So 2023, over 221,000 miles were driven and observed from July and August, and doesn't look good. The total number of turkeys observed fell below the long-term average, which is 17.7 per 1,000 miles, to 7.36, which is the all-time low since survey inception in 2007. Wow. It peaked in 2015 at 30 per 1,000 miles. Now it's at 7. Hmm. So that is that is bad. <laughs> And then you go to the brood data is also not great. The turkey reproduction declined to a statewide average of 1.8 pults per hen, which the average has been 2.4 pults per hen. 
and is right in line with 2022's 1.9 pulse per hen and is a 30% decline from 2021 where it hit 2.7. So I think Virginia is one of the states that had a huge 23 harvest. Notice that 2.7 in 2021 pulse per hen. That's a great hatch by most metrics. Big yeah. harvest this year. Decline to 1.9 last year. Decline to 1.8 this year. So if I was a betting man, I'd imagine you're going to see a decline in harvest this season and a little bit further decline in the following season. Mm-hmm. So this was the low, second lowest pole to hen ratio on record behind 2018. Yeah, that's pretty miserable. I wonder why that's so low. Weather? I don't know. It. I don't think, you know, it seemed like 21, again, where they're talking about this big hatch, almost nationwide, it seemed like that was the year of the turkey. I don't know if it was the cicadas. I don't know what it was. Weather just hit correct for everything. Turkey's had a great hatch that year, and seems like Virginia is similar to what I'm seeing. I, I think we had some pults this year, but nothing like we did two years ago. Yeah. Here included. But anyway, not good for them. I was not trying to be Debbie Downer. I, I absolutely wish that was a three pults per hen and 40 turkeys per 1,000 miles. But just reporting what I'm reading here, and it, you know, it does say that this is, they consider this to be a really accurate study of hmm. what's going on. I mean, which I could see, you know, they've done it for so many numbers of years that you're obviously going to see trends and stuff. I would assume these people are probably driving the same routes, you know? Yeah. So there you go. Sorry to bring you down. You got anything positive? <laughs> I do. Awesome. Yeah. So the NWTF has announced the 2024 Grand National Calling Championships Hall of Fame class. The inductees who will be in the fifth class of the Hall of Fame in February in Nashville will be Billy Yargis. You know, pretty decent caller. He's seen a call a couple times. Yeah. I mean, I'd say he's, what, maybe a 9.6 out of 10, you know? Not bad for beginner. He's all right. Eddie Salter. I mean, I've, I've heard, heard him of him call. before, I think. Yeah, he's he's okay. I might give him <laughs> nine. He does point, a decent owl after a after a shotgun blast. Nine point five nine two on a scale of ten. You know, up to ten. It's pretty decent. And Chris Kirby, another one that's pretty good. So the induction ceremony is scheduled for Saturday, February the 17th at the Opryland, and that's going to be in the governor's ballroom. It's open to the public. And look, if you guys follow any of those three on social media, I know Eddie's very active on social media. Just give him a shout out. Tell him congratulations. You know, that's a big deal. And, you know, we've had several competitive turkey callers on this show in the past and they will all tell you how much time and energy they put into practicing for these championships and so that's quite the honor so congratulations to those three guys fantastic turkey callers so absolutely that's awesome that's exciting congrats to them yeah that's a huge honor, and I hope that ceremony and everything goes great. What do you have? 
I got a pretty funny one. So this is going to be a little bit of tongue in cheek on a lot of this article, but <laughs> it's only in California. So <laughs> we've got a turkey here. And so the article title from the Washington Post and this guy, Jonathan Edwards, is obviously very savvy on the wild turkey. He says the turkey was shot in the chest. It's doing fine, arrow and all. Hmm. And it has a photograph below there of a turkey with a arrow through it, right through the chest, and it's just walking around like it's fine. So someone shot this turkey with a bow and arrow, and it wasn't phased. Still totally fine. has a two-and-a-half-foot arrow sticking up both sides of its chest. And so the locals have named it Cupid. <laughs> And this is where it gets really good. Here, Here's the California of the article. And not talking about I have hunted California, and some of the greatest people I've met have been in California. But this is, this is perfect. So let me describe the picture of the turkey. It's got an arrow through the chest, has a beard hanging out the front, and has a white head with red caruncles and a blue face. Spurs on the legs. The... I'm just going to that's that's my description. So here's here's the quote from the local. She is such a survivor and doing <laughs> so well with the Sarah through her. I think people could find that inspirational that she is pulling through and acting like normal with this pretty gruesome injury. From afar, the organization hasn't been able to determine the bird's sex. But Brookhauser <laughs> said she, she refers to the turkey using she her pronouns because she hates referring to an animal using the pronoun it. <laughs> I don't know how they could sex this thing. You know, it doesn't have any organs, you know, out the bottom or anything. It just has this giant beard and blue and white head and, I mean, spurs. And I don't know. I can't tell if it's a hen or a gobbler myself, but, you know. But there are no testicles dragging the ground. Yeah, I mean, if you had a pair just, just dragging along behind him, that would definitely help. But Or breasticles I mean, sticking out. Sorry, did I just misgender this turkey? It appears you may have, and... I don't know, you just said it as well. Well, I'm a big fan of the it, so, <laughs> you know, because I I choose to not offend this turkey. Yes. If this turkey identifies as a female turkey, whether the science says it's a male turkey or a female turkey doesn't matter. And I've never been able to interview the turkey to ask it, so... What do I know? I'm yeah. going to it right now. I don't know, man. So Cupid, this hen, apparently, she, you know, because they cannot figure out. Here's a video of it walking around. I mean, my gosh, how could you figure out if this is a male or female? I can't imagine. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we have been too tough on people with this. Like, you know, we've made a lot of comments in the past about how it should be easy to Google and figure out whether you're looking at a hen or a gobbler. I, maybe we haven't given these people the benefit of the doubt because apparently it is tougher than we thought. Yeah. So, anyway, they're celebrating the bird's grit and determination. They're trying to draw public attention to Cupid's plight. And so they're getting footage and they're celebrating that she's a fighter. So Cupid, I know you're out there. I hope, I hope she's doing okay with that arrow behind her, her long beard. And we'll see what happens. The absolute ideal outcome would be for the arrow to work its way out of her and for it to fall out and her to move on. 
that's how it ends. Yeah. So. As she's strutting and <laughs> displaying for male turkeys she, in the spring. She might would release a loud gobble once they have <laughs> 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 I just like I couldn't believe it when I was reading this article and the, the cover photo and video of a obviously male turkey <laughs> and they're Everything refers to it as she. And then they talk about pronouns. I love that for a turkey. Uh, that's just too much. It it reminds me a great deal of one of my neighbors who has a male dog. The dog has male parts. It's easy to see <laughs> that the dog has male parts, yet she named the dog Mary. Oh, wow. Because she didn't want to force a gender onto the dog. Ah, yes. Sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> We're going to worry about this crap for our pets? Come on. All right. I'm well, off of this. Oh, or Cupid, Cupid's our okay. neighborhood turkeys. Yes. She will be out there gobbling and strutting with her long beard for many a day, hopefully, until well, I come around. And when I shoot number fives into, Mer- into Cupid's face, he, he won't be toting, or she won't be toting those around. Well, all I can say is go her. Yes. Go her towards my call in the spring, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move on over to Nebraska. All right. There is another study going on, but in Nebraska, this is going to be a pretty interesting study. So they're investigating wild turkey nesting survival in agricultural landscapes. It could be very informative for a great deal of this country. Of course, Nebraska has experienced a pretty significant decline in their population recently. And... The Nebraska Game and Parks Commission says that, or estimates, I should say, that the state's wild turkey population has declined 45% from its peak 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And That's a huge number. Yeah, it is. Current research from other states suggests that habitat loss coupled with predation are important factors affecting those population declines. So... The article goes on to say, and rightly so, that habitat managers are trying to reduce potential interactions between nests and predators. That's, I think, spot on. I think there's way more trapping going on today than there has been in the past 10, 15 years. Yes, mostly by turkey hunters and ground nesting bird hunters. Yes. So... A new research endeavor is going to begin in the winter of 2023, investigating turkey survival and mortality as it relates to nest site selection in Nebraska. So they're saying in agricultural landscapes common to Nebraska, suitable nesting habitat is becoming patchy and more isolated. And historically, that's influenced the availability of suitable nesting cover for wild turkeys with the potential to affect nest survival. So Hmm. previous research in other agricultural landscapes suggested that hens that chose nesting sites near forest and roads had greater probabilities 
of nest success than those that nested closer to agricultural fields. Hmm. And this study aims to establish a connection between the occurrence and activity of potential nest predators, for example, your raccoons, possums, coyotes, and the success of the nests. Additionally, researchers hope to better understand how the makeup of a landscape impacts potential predator activity at wild turkey nest sites. And of course, of course, of course, the objective is to enhance wild turkey productivity within agricultural dominated landscapes often found in Nebraska. So that'll be pretty interesting to see, you know, and and I really, I kind of find it interesting that they're saying that in other agricultural landscapes, hens that chose nesting sites near forests and roads had greater probabilities of nest success than those that nested closer to agricultural fields. Now, Mm -hmm. I know coyotes are going to hunt agricultural fields, but they also run roads. Yeah. They run edges of fields. They run edges, period. Yeah. Well, that's where the prey species usually are. Yeah. So, I don't know. That that was an interesting statement to me, but I'll be curious to see how this pans out. And I don't know. There's a lot of states that I would call agricultural states that I'm really surprised that we have wild turkey declines, population yep. declines in those states. So, hey, there's there's a reason. Well, I can't say a reason. There are reasons for it. And hopefully this study will get, a, yeah. you know, maybe shed a little bit more light on what those reasons are. So Yeah, I just hope all these states study and nesting and pole rearing and uh, there's a lot of emphasis in that right now i hope the data is shared and seen by other states Mm -hmm. and acted upon you know i I just feel like there's a lot of i feel like there's several repetitive studies going on of similar things where they might could just look across the state line and be like they already figured this out but yeah you know, sometimes you got to study it yourself. And, and this one, you know, has different parameters and they're usually always looking for a different variable, which is good. I just, right. I think stuff like the wild turkey symposium needs to be very emphasized right now where all the states are kind of sending people together and they need to talk and figure out amongst themselves what they've found and then take it back to their states, what they heard there, you know? Yeah. Anyway. That's just my thoughts. I hope that that's happening, and I hope it's happening a lot because there's a lot of studies going on right now, and I mean, I don't care if it's Delaware or Nevada who does a study on turkeys. I think whatever their findings are could be pertinent to Tennessee turkeys, you know, if you look at it, figure it out. At the base level, it's still a turkey. Yeah. But I'm going to move this to Kansas. All right. So... I think we had talked about this the last time we did turkey soup. Kansas had a lot of proposals, and they have officially suspended fall turkey season. So mm-hmm. You will not be fall turkey hunting in Kansas this year. Legally. Yes. Good, good catch. So they have noticed the declines in turkey populations. They are not going at it from a standpoint of shooting more gobblers, like some others we've talked about. They're going to cancel the fall season. Because that 
120 turkeys or so is probably the issue, I guess. I say that tongue-in-cheek also. But they have canceled it. I have a second article that says DK farmers say declining turkey population due to predators, not hunters. So they talked to all these farmers in here, and they're saying, yeah, I have less turkeys. My flock size is down. This guy says it's gone from, you know, he usually would have 65 birds in the winter. Now it's 35. And, you know, they say that, and out there in these areas, you really do have a good count on your winter flock because you can see them. And if you have the roost trees, then you you have the winter flock, you know, if you're planting food there and they're all there. So it's actually a pretty good reference in my mind. And he says he's seeing coons and coyotes and all kind of stuff. And like used to find turkey nests with dozens of eggs. Now he's seeing them crushed in his fields or with three eggs left. And they're attributing it to predators. Mm-hmm. But, and this was in response to the fall season being canceled. So, because they've gone, they went from four bird limit in the fall in 2017 to one bird. Then in 2019, they took the days of fall turkey season way down with a one bird limit. And now they've totally gotten rid of fall season. And Hmm. they're incorporating a lottery draw system for non-resident hunters for spring 24. So they're, they're doing a lot of changes. I just personally, I'm going to hop on the old soapbox real quick for fall hunting. I go fall hunting. I would much rather go spring hunting. You know, some people, Roger Parks said it, you know, I'd rather hunt them in the fall. I'm not there yet. I would much rather hunt turkeys in the spring. I get it. It's to me, there's nothing like spring turkey hunting. But why I don't understand why people keep canceling fall seasons. I just can't get there. The harvest is so small usually. Maybe there's some Northeast states still killing some turkeys in the fall, but like Missouri, I just looked at theirs, about a thousand. Tennessee, usually a couple hundred. Kansas had a very small fall harvest. Mississippi canceled their fall season. I think they were killing like a hundred, maybe. And you had to apply for a tag on private land. I just personally don't get it. It's like they're doing this just so they can put a press release out like they're making some massive change to help the turkeys. And in reality, I don't think it's helping anything. So it, it kind of sucks because I'm looking right here. I, I pulled out a Turkey Call magazine from 1975. One of the oldest ones I have. Actually, this is the oldest one I have. And they list the harvest. So you want to guess Alabama's turkey harvest in the spring of 1975? Well, it's all made up anyway. I'm going to say in 75, the spring turkey harvest was reported as. Actually, they had mail-in surveys back then. They actually cared what what the harvest was back in the day. Okay. So. (laughs) I'm like now where they just put a figure out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say it was 5,000. Ooh, you lowballed. Alabama's harvest in. 1975 spring was 11,000 birds. Okay. And in the fall, it was 10,000. Wow. About 50-50. Pennsylvania spring harvest was 2,500. The fall harvest was 30,000. Wow. Texas had a 2,000 bird spring harvest and a 34,000 fall harvest. Arizona, 151 in the spring, 2,000 in the fall. New Mexico, 400 in the spring, 1,400 in the fall. 
so basically back then fall turkey hunting was was turkey hunting mm-hmm. you know it, it, the script is totally flipped now where most people spring hunt not many fall hunt back in the day most people fall hunted few spring hunted yeah well if i remember correct we had more turkeys after 1975 it, it went up in population when most people were fall hunting I'm not blaming it on the spring. I would love to, I, I, I would much rather give up fall hunting than spring, but I'm just saying, I feel like this band aid that people keep ripping off of saying, hey, let's get rid of the fall season. That That's the problem. You know, I do like what Tennessee did. Rather than caving to pressure of getting rid of the fall season altogether, they said, hey, we'll just make it bearded bird only. Mm-hmm. What's the argument there? You know, okay, it's more detrimental to kill a gobbler in October than it is. When he's trying to mate in April, come on. <laughs> right. So I feel like that might be the best solution is to have bearded bird only year round seasons instead of having hens be killed in the fall, which I'm I'm not totally against killing hens in the fall. I mean, I think it right now it probably doesn't make sense, but if populations rebound, you probably could kill some. It, it obviously worked out for many years when fall harvests were huge. Anyway. Yeah. There's yeah. my fall turkeys, so I'm just I'm honestly so sick of seeing every year so-and-so states canceling their fall season because in the whole state they're killing 200 birds. Meanwhile, in the spring, they're killing 30,000, but that couldn't possibly be the issue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. That's all I have. That was my last... Actually, no, I have one other thing, unless you have another article. Well... I was going to stop it there, but I actually found another one that I think is, you know, I, I seem to be on the research kick with my articles today. So I've got you know. one more that I think is really fascinating and I think can shed a lot of light on some of our potential issues with wild turkey declines. So I'm going to read most of this article. Read it on. It is a pre- it's actually a press release from the NWTF. Oh, cool. As part of its 2023 investment in wild turkey research, the NWTF is helping fund a unique project out of the University of Tennessee examining potential factors that may be causing wild turkey eggs to fail to hatch. Quote, we were stunned to find out how many of these eggs were fertilized, but for various reasons including hens being killed or bumped off the nest, they failed to hatch, end quote. These are the words of an excited yet perplexed Richard Gerhold, Ph.D., associate professor focusing on parasitology and wildlife diseases at the University of Tennessee's Department of Biomedical and Diagnostic Sciences. How about that? Biomedical and Diagnostic Sciences. Gerhold is the principal investigator of the NWTF co-funded project. For the last eight years, Gerhold and his colleagues at UT have been assisting the TWRA with understanding why wild turkeys are declining in parts of the state. The UT researchers were specifically examining the effect diseases and parasites may have on the birds on a population level. Gerhold says there's no smoking gun. But if anything, diseases may exacerbate other unknown factors causing the decline. 
And while better understanding the effect diseases have on wild turkeys, especially on a population level, is ongoing and critical, a new aspect of studying wild turkeys is hatching out of UT. One of our master students was finding unhatched eggs, and while we were examining them, you would see a yolk and a fertilization disc. And the assumption was that this egg just wasn't fertilized, Gerhold said. However, Laura Horton, who is a PhD student in the Gerhold lab, came across this paper recently published out of the London Zoo. And what they found that I just found so interesting was somewhere in the 70% range of eggs that were initially considered unfertilized were actually fertilized. And for some reason, there was early embryonic death. And I was like, okay, we definitely need to do this work with wild turkey eggs. Going on, the article says, examining wild turkey eggs in this way is entirely new in wild turkey management, and the results could be illuminating. Unhatched eggs will be analyzed for what may be causing early embryonic death. For instance, they will be tested for aflatoxins and neonics, as well as other potent infectious and non-infectious diseases. The data will also be analyzed and compared as a function of state-specific data such as spring season start dates, bag limits, season length, and other factors to see if there's any influence of causing a failed hatch. The project will occur between the 2024 and 2026 wild turkey nesting seasons. And while the work is happening in Tennessee, the research findings may have applications beyond state lines. In fact, many state wildlife agencies are participating in Gerhold's project. Various state wildlife agencies will gather unhatched eggs either by nest searching, word of mouth by the public, or finding nests of radio-tagged hens as part of their ongoing wild turkey research, Gerhold said. We estimate at least 800 eggs will be analyzed per year. So they're going to look at a lot of different things with those eggs. They, you know, why are they not hatching? Well, if the hen was predated, then come on, that's an easy one. Yeah, but no incubation. <laughs> what about the eggs where the hen was not, and she did everything right, but none of them hatched? So this is going to be very interesting, and I felt like that was yeah, worth sharing with big. you guys. So this project is one of ten new projects that are going on across nine states that the NWTF is funding with about, oh, $600,000 invested. So, mm-hmm. you know, still lots of good things going on out there and reasons for all of us to be supporting these organizations like NWTF and TFT because they're doing good things. But I'm, this is fascinating to me. And you think about it, you know, when we see a turkey egg shell laying in the middle of a road, we assume, oh, man, you know, that's a turkey mm-hmm. egg that a raccoon grabbed and, you know, yeah, dropped, dropped a little piece on the way out. Yeah. So the raccoon gets the bad rap. But what if that egg wasn't fertilized or what if that embryo was dead when the raccoon found mm. it? 
Yeah, that so, can answer some pretty critical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I kind of hate reading an article like that instead of just ad libbing it as we go along, but that one was was it just yeah, had too much good stuff in it. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of details too. Yeah, yeah, I've been happy with you know NWTF announced the like habitat for the hatch initiative yeah so that's good I, i'm really pleased with them announcing that they're gonna try to i think do something with like a million acres to to make it fit criteria for better nesting and broodering habitat essentially in the southeast right. which yeah. is i mean seems like the one thing all the biologists can can agree on we don't have enough nesting and broodering habitat on the landscape <laughs> i have yet to hear one say oh yeah we've got more than we need yeah there's you know add plenty plenty enough that's not the problem none of them have said that so i'm, I'm pretty happy with that initiative and it sounds like that study could almost be looped into that you know studying the hatch itself and the egg yeah yeah so well, that's good stuff man yeah yeah well did you want to share yours yeah, I'll briefly touch on it. I just found it. It's not turkey specific. It's just, it's interesting to me in that it's in Pennsylvania where this was on September 30th. So I'm not sure if this is still available to vote on. But if you're in Pennsylvania, you may want to contact your, who would it be? It would be your representative for your house representative because they have voted to basically rob Pennsylvania's hunters of $150 million. Oh, nice. So you may want to check into that because essentially they have voted to take $150 million out of Pennsylvania's Game Commission Game Fund and put it in the Clean Streams Fund, which Clean Streams Fund I'm sure is a great initiative and all of that, but basically the Game Fund is where all of the money for by hunters and trapper licenses and Pennsylvania's Pittman-Robertson excise tax on hunting and shooting items, the timber sales and everything from the game lands, that's where all that money goes. So it literally is from hunter and trapper dollars. And they're, they're basically moving $150 million out of your hunter and trapper bank and putting it in this clean streams fund. So seems to me that there's got to be a hunting organization out there that is going to take them to task on that in court. I sure hope so. It says uh, 30 different organizations have expressed opposition to the bill, including NWTF, Ducks Unlimited, National Deer Association, Rough Grouse Society. But if you're in Pennsylvania, I'd check into that. That. If they're still voting on that, it'd be worth calling your representative about letting them know you don't agree with that. And, you know, Clean Streams Fund is a worthy cause, whatever, but shouldn't be funded by the hunters and trappers. That that should stay in your game fund. No doubt. So Yeah, you guys in PA, check on that. Yeah, it'd be worth worth looking at. You never know. Your, your voice, if enough people call in, can, can make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Well... I think we've rambled on enough, old boy. Yeah, we've we, we talked covered, for over an hour. Yeah, we've been out west, we've been east, been to Pacific Coast, mm-hmm. southeast, northeast. Just like Johnny Cash, we've been everywhere, man. We've been everywhere, so I yeah. think I hear the train a coming, the train to go to bed, so. 
I hear you. <laughs> why don't, uh, why don't what do we... you think? You want to throw a favor of the week out there? Yeah, I'll just do a simple one this week, guys. We'd appreciate it if you'd hop on whatever service you use to listen to us and drop us a five-star review with a quick you know, synopsis of what you enjoy about the show and a comment. We would really appreciate it. Helps other people find the show. We have great ratings on iTunes, I know, and, and all the other podcast apps. Most people always leave us a great review. We'd appreciate it if you would, too. And hopefully come back and listen to us next week. We'll hopefully have a couple good guests coming up. Yes, indeed. Awesome. It's a great favor of the week. And let's wrap this joker up. Wrap it on up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.